Welcome, After Buzzers. You are watching the After Show for When They See Us, Part 3. Stay tuned for more. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Welcome back. Uh, we are back for another part three of When They See Us. Yes. It's been an emotional roller coaster, but we're yeah. here. But we're here. <laughs> we're we made it. it. We made it. Yeah. Uh, one more to go, but um, yeah, we got to dig into this. It's so great. Again, my name is Shock. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Kitty and Lexi. So glad to see you guys again. Hey, uh, here. Got my tribe. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go over news, predictions. Uh, of course, we have our top three quotable moments we've got to go over as well. But let's just find out your overall thoughts of this episode, especially... Did you find it a little bit heavier or not as heavy as the prior two episodes? So I think I differ from you guys in my personal opinion. Um, this one was a lot lighter. Um, the actual going through the process and them being taken down and the lies and just that whole situation, how it happened, that was super painful for me. My heart and my gut were wrenched watching these. I mean, I'm a mom of a black boy. You know, I could just see my son in that situation and. Oh, it was very terrifying. So that was super heavy for me. But this one I thought was a little lighter only because now they're out. So all the circumstances and situations and choices they've made, obviously they could be heavy or not. But I just, I just, at least they're home. Like that for me makes it a little lighter. Yeah. For me, it was actually a little bit heavier for me. I was saying while we were watching like, oh my gosh, I've been able to hold it in. I haven't cried yeah. for the first two parts. But this was actually the first part where I actually cried. Um, and I think what it was for me was with the first two parts, we kind of already knew what was going to happen. We knew that they were going to eventually be found guilty and go to jail. But what I didn't know was the after effects of what happened after they were were to get out. And I was actually shocked that they did it. Sorry, go more into them being in jail, but actually more with them kind of dealing with the aftermath of it all, which I thought was great because, you know, we see the story about black men in jail, but we don't really see how it affects their life after. So to see how, you know, they ended up getting back in trouble or they weren't able to find jobs or just the way people looked at them in the streets made it so sad. And the main part that really just kind of broke me down was seeing that moment with Kevin and his sister, because like Mm -hmm. you said, you have a son, so you see it from the perspective perspective of a mother but I don't have kids but I do have a younger black brother brother. so kind of seeing how she was dealing with it and seeing her have that moment with Mm -hmm. her brother really kind of took me there so I think I actually felt a lot heavier after this episode than the others yeah I thought the mood was lighter Mm -hmm. um, but I felt a little bit heavier in that you know I knew what the story was but there's some sort of hope and you see these young boys and and then seeing them it was just jarring to me to see them as adults it was like the life was taken it was Mm -hmm. stolen and so that was the heavy part of it and then having to watch them cope with and then knowing it was all systemic it was all part of mm-hmm. part and parcel of that initial thing exactly mm-hmm. so that was tough um, but uh, let's dig into it we got some great topics relationships uh, we're going to focus on the job situation and focus on the public the, the relationship between the public and um the Central Park Five, these young men. Right. So let's talk about the relationships. We, we see that, you know, some of these guys even got romantic relationships fairly quickly. And we talk about the relationships, again, the familiar relationships and how that held them together. Uh, especially, you talked about it, Lexi, the familiar relationships. What do you think about how the families held these young boys together throughout uh, their time in prison. What really stood out to me was kind of seeing the difference of how they had that closeness with their family when they were in jail and how it kind of differed once they got out. Mm-hmm. You kind of think it would be more the opposite. Like once you came out, you're back in brace with your family, you're free. But 
for me, in my opinion, it felt like they actually were closer to their families when they were calling them every day and when, you know, they were coming to visit them. But when they came out is when the reality hit. Like, life has gone out with gone on without me, and I don't know what's going on. These are people I haven't seen in years. And you could just kind of see those moments where they, even though they were surrounded by family, they kind of felt alone. I know I felt that the most um, when Yusuf finally went home and they're having this big welcome home party, but he's kind of just sitting to himself looking, you know, like he's so out of place. And it's like, wow, even if you did have that support, you can still come out and feel more lonely than ever. So seeing that was a real eye opener for me. Yeah, I think the parents and the families did all that they could to make them feel inclusive and to create a sense of kind of safety or you're okay now um, thing. But I don't think that there's anything they could have done or said to really let that resonate with them. If you've done that many years in jail, there's a a point of view that is very hard to to change or to alter, um, no matter what the circumstances when you're out are. And the fact that um, their families did put forth the effort speaks volumes to us as a community and how we support our people. I loved when he was in the store. Um, What's the Hispanics word name? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Thank you. You know, horrible with the names. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm paying attention. I swear, I'm just bad with names. But I love, love, love that his family. I mean, that his um his uh, neighbors came to him and was just like, listen, we have always supported you. We've always believed in you and we know what it means to have gone through this. So we got your back. Like yeah. that was so heartwarming Community. to me. Yeah. yeah. It was, it's paramount because I mean, that's what you need to hear when you're out here and you literally are going from one person to the other and everybody's giving you nasty looks and just closing doors in your faces. And or even, tough, but, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off, but even in Raymond's case, he came home and had a stepmother who didn't even want Ooh, him there yeah. and was so rude to him. Who so nasty. Called him a rapist, didn't even give him the chance to get to know him and really figure out who he was. And why yeah. would his father allow her to just go off well, like that? I guess he tried to get the It's that balancing test. Yeah, yeah right. his wife, and you know, so he's doing his best. Yeah. And he's got his new children around as well. And, and you got to think about the mentality of these young men when they're coming out. It's got to be so tough because... I want. I believe those families tried to shield them because they were kids when they went in. Right. So you know, when the mom says, "Oh, everything's fine," it was my. So they don't even realize the the stuff that their family members are going through because exactly. they were kids. And As they were a shielded result from of it, it. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they come out, and now they, there's no shielding. There's no. I can't hide you right. from this or hide you from that. Now you're an adult, so you need to see it too, anyways. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was tough watching them having to navigate that part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Or that just, they're completely different people now. Right. Like you said, they went in when they were 14, 15, 16, and now they're grown men, but they're grown men who haven't been out in this world. That have no Some of them lived more of their morals. life in jail than they lived out of it. So they're a completely different person, you know, ex- coming into a world that's already been going on without yeah. them there. Yeah. yeah, just being exposed to certain things, you know, not knowing about, I mean, the way he looked at that beeper like it was a foreign, you know, yeah. something from Mars. <laughs> We're looking at it like, you know. Yeah. Right, exactly. Really? Especially in retrospect because we know beepers are out of it, you know, whatever. But just certain things that, you know, they just weren't acclimated to, getting yeah. a haircut and just going through the motions and learning the hard 
horrible truth that in addition to like they didn't get it bad enough that they spent all this time wrongly accused now they come home and they have to register as being a sex offender yeah. I mean the humility of it all like I just yeah. can't fathom having to say okay I'm copping to this and so now I have to do all this time yeah. and then I come home and I'm copping to something else that's even now it, it's just it's a lot I, I mean their lives were literally changed forever and let me see how their personal relationships were affected because mm-hmm. you know you're still in jail but you still you know you have your needs and you want your companionship not just your physical needs exactly. but your, your soulful needs mm-hmm. and we see how they had trouble communicating in those relationships mm-hmm. and trying to make those work what did you think about in particular uh, Kitty Raymond Raymond's relationship with Tanya and how that was growing and he kind of cut her off but he found himself having just to face the truth and give, give her the truth Okay, Raymond is... <laughs> Santana, the Hispanic guy. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I thought that was poetic. I really did. It was kind of like a love story that yeah. wasn't really able to fully blossom. So, of course, it broke my heart that he took that choice and made that his way out. Because inevitably... I mean, I saw it coming a mile away. As soon as he sat down on the stoop, yeah. I was like, it's over. He's already made his choice. So that really was painful to watch. And I don't know... We didn't see her reaction to it, so I don't know how she felt about you know him making that choice. But I did think that it was beautiful to see them come together, kind of find themselves, even with the interruption of the stepmother. I know you didn't... You never wrote me. You cut me off. Like, at least she was able to come back around. And fi- So in that brief moment, them finding joy and bringing that kind of joy to each other, it was so beautiful to watch. It really was. It was a love story, and you know they they were able to make it work at least momentarily. Yes, yeah. You know what? <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Love After Lockdown on We TV, <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't help but think about that when I was watching them. Like, wow, this stuff really happens because then you know it happened on Love After Lockdown, and right. it's funny watching that show where usually when they come, they have that moment when they come and they're like, oh, we're so in love, like we haven't been around each other for years, and then it completely goes downhill. Oh, no. So I. Even though I kind of knew that reality, still deep down I was kind of rooting. This for is that. what we keep doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I because just seeing him in that place where he didn't really have the support from his family and he was kind of in a low place, he felt hopeless. You know, it finally felt like a light that was yes. coming into his life. So even exactly. though you kind of know the, the you know the things Parameters that could happen, the negatives, yeah. I just couldn't help but to want to. It to work out for Especially them. the way it started, because as a man, for me, it's always tough to express ourselves. Mm-hmm. And for him to sit there and tell her, like, I, essentially, I ghosted you, but, like, I, I can't even explain that because mm-hmm. I right. had hope and I don't have hope anymore. Mm-hmm. That was so powerful to exactly. me. Exactly. And I was like, this has got to work. You yeah, know? right? But see, that's the thing that I think is so dope that we've said consistently throughout the panels is that there's this beacon of hope that keeps being ingested. So big ups to Ava for making sure that she told the story in such a way that we know the outcome, yet we're still sitting there on the edge of our seats like, maybe it's going to be different. Maybe it'll be a good outcome. Maybe they'll fall in love and nobody will mess with them and they can ride out into the sunset. And and truthfully, I didn't know this part of the story. So, I mean, I really Mm -hmm. didn't know. Maybe it is. Maybe he's got his stuff together. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's only going to sell a little bit and get back to her. Yeah, Yeah, that's what we were hoping, right? That he gets in and gets out. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty sad to watch him go down that spiral. But I I already knew once I saw the FUBU jacket, I was like, it's over. <laughs> he just spent the money on food. I don't know. It's not yeah, looking the TV good. That was bigger than, than himself. So you know, yeah. he's already engaging in like just yeah. not getting the initial to you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also had the relationship between uh, Tron and his girl, right? Yeah, and so and we saw how quickly you know that that, that, that opening up to and being vulnerable can turn into that, especially when you have a past, right? What did you guys think about her kind of pulling out that uh, that ace trump card, if you will? Mm. I think you know, like you said. 
they seem like they're okay with your past until you know you, they you, they get upset or you do something to offend them or they're not getting what they want and all of a sudden it's just thrown in your face yeah. and. I remember us watching and being like, oh, my gosh, why did she do that? Like, that was so unnecessary. But at the same time, you know, she probably already had these things in the back of her mind. Preconceived notions. And now she's upset and she's like, well, you are the person I thought you were anyway. So I'm just going to say whatever I can say to hurt your feelings. Yeah, And and like you said, like we talked as we were watching, she probably didn't believe it because she believed that she wouldn't be dating him. Exactly. But she knew she could say it to hurt him. Yeah. And that's what he now has to deal with. Something Mm -hmm. that's not even true. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I've often, um, and I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that I'm like amazing at this but I've learned over the years how to fight fair and I don't care what the situation is never ever ever if it's a person that you genuinely care about somebody cut you off on the highway call them whatever a thousand and one (laughs) beats but someone that you genuinely care for and that you care about you can't say things you can't take back you know what I mean you can't expect that there's going to be an I'm sorry tomorrow because I'm sorry is not going to cut it when you just said the most hurtful thing you could possibly say And and I agree that maybe she didn't know but there's no way well, not know it. I wouldn't be in a relationship with someone that I believed was really a rapist. So there yeah. had to be a part of her that didn't believe it, yet she allowed herself to let that bubble up and take over with the car. Mm-hmm. I just thought, I mean, I didn't think he should be with her anyway. She was kind of, I didn't like her approach from Jump Street. I just feel like she completely... <laughs> It wasn't even that big of a deal to me. Like, it's not like he cheated. It's not like she right. caught him doing something shady. He just didn't have the money to give her what she wanted because he's trying to better his life. Well, and I would think you would be able to understand that. That's just immaturity due to the on her part. And that was yeah. the sad part for me. Was like I wasn't even sure it was a money issue. I thought it was like people will recognize me and call me out. Issue. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to deal with the public if I take you out to dinner. Maybe they won't serve us. Maybe we got to leave, and that's just going to be shameful. Yeah, that too. And so, I could, at least that's what I thought was going through his head. Yeah, and I, that's, that's, a that's a good point. And so here he is, actually trying to protect you right. from that. And then you kind of went in. She and did was that. mad, immature off the break, though. Yeah. I mean, she was just the things came out of her mouth. Off, I'm from Louisiana. She <laughs> just was so like, off. you just like the girls. What are you talking about? <laughs> Calm down, relax. Well, if you agree with Kitty, you can let her know. <laughs> she got a couple, of, couple comments. Clearly, I'm opinionated about it. <laughs> she got a couple comments for you guys here. for sure yeah definitely I just um, wanted to tell you guys thank you first and foremost very sincerely you have made us the ESPN of TV talk and we appreciate you so please however you're watching us make sure that you support so if you're on YouTube give us a good rating and subscribe and if you're on iTunes please give us five stars because we deserve it no <laughs> you deserve all the thanks in the world though we are genuinely grateful for having you being a part of Afterbus has meant a huge amount to all of us we're glad to be here so thank you so much for joining in the conversation and making us awesome. Yes, yes, yes. And if you also agree that Tron's girlfriend should not be, <laughs> not be right. acting up, Tell uh, us. please let us know. Yeah, let, let us know, know you what agree. you think. Exactly. <laughs> um, another another kind of post-jail thing that we dealt with was these men trying to find work mm-hmm. and how difficult it is with a record to find work even when you haven't done it, but you still have a record. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about how they navigated, um, I guess, that difficulty? You know, One thing I was thinking when I was watching it is it kind of seems like some people didn't really have the difficulty. Like, it seemed like Raymond was really the one where it was just super duper hard for him. But then you had Yusuf, who was able to get a computer job. And then you had Tron, who worked at the movies. And then we saw him working a different job after that. And it's like, I wonder what it was with the dynamics of where they were or what they were doing that made it easier for some and harder for others. That's a really good point. And and it almost feels like it shouldn't be that way. Right, exactly. The outcome should be equal. Mm -hmm. Right, across the board. But as we've seen from day one... 
nothing is as it yeah. should be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Nothing is as we would expect it to be, and it definitely is not fair across the board. Yeah, when you that know? moment when he explained to Raymond exactly how they could get him if he doesn't really Ooh, you know, that play was it straight. Deep, right? Just like, uh, that guy's got a felony, and if you're next to him, and I was just like, wow. So it, they could really have ten ways to get you that you might not even really, if you're not Aware careful, of, yeah. exactly. And you could put yourself back in it unbeknownst to yourself. Yeah. And people already have this opinion of you, so you're going back. It's just going to I mean, it's just going to be exacerbated times 10. It won't be like, they won't look at you on a different level. It won't be like, oh, this, you know, they won't be compartmentalized. Yeah. Oh, this was something that you did and you got out and so you paid your time for that and now this is a new thing and we'll address that. It's more like, oh, you just the F up all the way around. Yeah. You know, it was very difficult for me to watch people's reactions to these kids or these now men yeah. and the fact that he said he hit it right on the head. You know, I forgot his name but the chocolate one that got married very quickly that was Yusuf. in the back. Thank you. Yeah. Yusuf was in the back of the room and basically said like, get used to that look because that's what you're going to encounter yeah. everywhere you go. And he had the strong, the strong Strong mom that kind of set him up, had yeah. made sure he was with the um, the Muslim guys and the Muslim brothers when he mm-hmm. went there. Like, yeah. you know, Lincoln that's probably up. how I got that wife so fast. Yeah, but it shows you like the importance. If she didn't have that knowledge, yeah, you know, we're, we're, his outcome could have been right back in jail, like Ray. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is just showing you that this prison system it doesn't prepare people to go out not and become productive all. members. That's not their not, purpose. It's yeah, just if anything, it's the opposite. Then, yeah. It's the opposite. It's a, no... just a strategic way to keep you in that system. Because if you even just think about the prison system, it's not even just about keeping black men down, even though that's a big thing. But it's also a money maker. Oh, yeah. yeah. When you think about the, you know, they're making the license plates. and you know, they're, te- they're, and they're it's getting making, It's a big business. Yeah. Right, Police exactly. prisons are big business. The bottom right. line is nine-tenths of the prisons that are there, not to get on my soapbox, but I know this get for sure. Okay, <laughs> I don't know the, the, the um, statistics, the numbers, but I know for a fact that at least nine of the ten prison system, whatever, all I'm saying is people that are in a position to have a whole lot of money, billionaires, are investing in prisons because oh, yeah. they know it's a money maker. Yeah. So these are yeah. private industries. This is nothing that's run by the government. Yeah. They are literally... It's modern day slavery it is, is what it is. Yeah. And they, they keep, they're making it strategic to keep us not only in that mindset, but to keep us on the chain gang like exactly. they did when we were slaves. Because, you know, we can't be actual slaves anymore. So why not have us working for free, making money for us while keeping us... There were so many issues. You know, Ava um, had the 13th, you know, mm-hmm. and there were so many issues that you see in the 13th that, that really are on full mm-hmm. display here with this case. Yeah. And, and that's the sad part is you see just how they've kept that whole system in place. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And it continues to this day. Well, obviously. Yeah. But it's just such a huge moneymaker. It just breaks yeah. my heart to think that prison. that's your motive. Yeah. You know what I mean? On the backs of our hard labor and the fact that we made a ba- one bad choice that can completely change your lives as we've seen. And sometimes not even making a bad choice because they're innocent and there's exactly. so many innocent people exactly. in prison right now who are just stuck in that same rhythm of right. how they keep us down. It's very... Very discouraging. It is disturbing. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about it. But was the public's reaction to these men? You know, obviously, it was really disheartening to see some of their loved ones turn against them. Mm -hmm. But then to see just everywhere they went, it was was a prison of the world. It was a prison of the world. The only people that were accepting were people like the few, like the guys that were sitting on the stoop. They know this boy from when he was a child. So they had a different outlook and they were able to be way more accepting. The guy at the barbershop, I love that he gave him that insight. Like, anything that you want to do that's 
organized in that fashion, it's not going to happen for you. Yeah. And I'm glad that he was able to tell him that before he had to go up against it. Kind of saved him the time, I guess I could you could say. Yeah. But it, it was very disheartening to see people just literally have all these preconceived notions about who these kids are and allow that. To, I'm going to take your money yeah. in the store, right? I'll take your money, but, I'll give, you but I'll give you all this attitude. I'll look down at you. I'll have my own thoughts about who you are and what I think. Even though I know you, I know your family. I remember you grew up here. All that's irrelevant. It's just thrown out the window. And, and it's just so and sad. And you're dealing with that with probably a mindset that's already fragile, especially for these guys because they right. want these kids. So their mindset's already a little fragile and mm-hmm. very different from the rest of ours. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's really no way to make people understand. I mean, you can't have that kind of heart-to-heart with everybody you see on the street yeah. or anyone that knows your plight. You know what I mean? They have no... I just found it very... I can't think of another word. Disheartening yeah. that these people have made a judgment about these were children, but now grown men without knowing any of the evidence. Or, but the, I mean, and if you think about it, that's us, sheeple, yeah. right? That's what we do. Uh, yeah. We hear one thing and we run with it, and that becomes our reality. Especially over the course of the last twenty years, right? When, you know, yeah, I didn't know about the case of the inception. I heard about it growing up, and mm-hmm. I just so you hear details about things and you make assumptions about people, not even knowing because because you're yeah. lazy, yeah. because you don't want to do the work, exactly. because you don't want to get to know anybody, because you heard that it was this way, and so that's and, what you know, and, and that's how yeah. you perform. And but, there was one thing that Raymond said was at the very outset of this case, he said, within days they were writing articles against us. Right. We never even had a chance. Never. And that was it. And that was yeah. it from day one. Yeah. Once Felicity got a hold of him, <laughs> forget yeah. about it. But one thing I really had to think about while watching this is, you know, I'm making this assumption and, I'm, and it's heartbreaking to watch because I know the truth. I know that they're mm-hmm. innocent. But I just had to think, if I was on the opposite end and I didn't know these guys and I truly believed that they did what they did, that they raped this woman, mm-hmm. how would I act? Everything might yeah. be ju- you, you would yeah. think that reaction is justified. It's justified I'll take the money, right. but my gosh, I, yeah. I know what you've done. And yeah. it's like you really just have to think from both ways. It's like at the same time, it's understandable to not want to be around somebody who you think is a rapist. But at the right. same time, you never really know what the truth is and you yeah. never really know who a person is exactly. without really getting to giving know them. them that point of view and yeah. even what another thing that stuck out to me from the show is when they went to that group that class that group session mm-hmm. a place where they were supposed to be able to go for that help been a safe after, place. yeah a safe place and all they did was Ugh. turn them into these monsters and yeah. didn't give them the opportunity to even better what themselves. was that, that about she was horrible because she's making the same assumption same you know? yeah, but yeah. she works in the system so I felt like it, <laughs> made it, her that, more predisposed exactly. to making those assumptions mm-hmm. right and I would think the the uh, total yeah. opposite I would think that because you've been through the system or you work in the system and you know how these things can be set up that you would have more of a kinder heart and an open mind but yeah. obviously and speaking not. of the system we saw so much how the system was ingrained we, we saw Raymond taking that shower in his boxer, mm-hmm. boxer shorts um, we saw Tron working out as if he was like in the prison yard mm-hmm. and one of the relationships we kind of missed was Tron and his father yeah. uh, and that was you know that was emotional all the way around mm-hmm. um, what did you guys think about a, the alienation initially, and of course we got a, a, a resolution that was beautiful. What do you guys think about that resolution? Um, Which resolution are you talking about? The resolution about? with um, Tron and his dad. Oh, yeah. Um, Him giving him a kiss was really cool. Yeah. That was dope. That was one moment where I really felt like an emotional roller coaster because, you know, watching his dad struggle and barely being able to breathe or walk, I was like, Tron, you know, just just help him. Like, he's yeah. your father. But at the same time, I have a, a great relationship with my father. I love my father. If I ever saw my father in that way, I would just want to hold him. But he doesn't have that relationship. Yeah. His dad left him. His dad, to fend for you himself. know, not necessarily saying 
it's his fault because it, it still could have happened the way it happened. But, you know, his dad kind of had his part in yeah. how he ended up even getting arrested. Then he wasn't there from him when he was in court. Then he left his mom while he was in jail. So why should I help this guy? So I, I went through this constant battle of be there for your dad. He's dying. You have to make this right versus he wasn't there for you. He mm-hmm. didn't care about you. Why should you care now? And it was such a tough, yeah, emotional roller coaster to go through. Yeah. I had the same thing because I kept going like, help this dad. But Michael K. Williams is so powerful that yeah. right. every time I felt bad for him, I remember when he told him, you tell them everything. And you right. I was yeah. like, no, it was your fault. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. And it's hard to not hold on to that yeah. as a child when you're in there and all you have is time to think over and, and over and over those yeah. situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for him to come home and be angry, I totally get that. He left and the family was just, I mean, I'm sure that that helped propel it. Well, that was the, the catalyst for it, for him and his, for the mom and dad to break up. Yeah. But I thought that was so dope and so the, a mature of the mom to be able to even allow herself to be a caretaker for well, somebody she, yeah. that turned her. I mean, she but he turned him. his she, back. Yeah, you know she yeah loved him, but she I love my ex, she, but I <laughs> you know what I mean? I know how to walk away. But and I think she was like, the, it was a situation. Yeah. She, she was like, if this didn't happen, our lives would be completely 100% exactly. different. Exactly. Uh, yeah, because yeah, they I mean, would love yeah. EW. They would love Bird. And, and she was also in a situation where she probably felt like she didn't have anyone else because she, you know, her son was in jail. He left, but then he came back and it's like, finally I have somebody who's here. And then, you know, he was going through what he was going through. He was sick. She probably just felt like, it felt good to maybe take care of him. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Maybe it was cathartic for her. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. And then, um, there was that moment though, when he falls and, and you know, he kind of goes there to help him obligatory. Mm -hmm. But for me, there was a moment where there was a moment of forgiveness where the Mm -hmm. father looked at him Mm -hmm. and realized Wait, you do love me? Yeah. Like, then maybe you maybe you do forgive me. And it seemed like there was a moment where he forgave him and he kind of cried. Mm-hmm. And to me, that Definitely was like, gave that, him was, a kiss. That, that was everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. That was, like, that was the cherry on top. The fact that yeah. he helped him, came to his aid, was kind of surprising because he had been so um, anti to begin with. But the fact that he kissed him, yeah. that, that spoke volumes. And especially yeah. knowing that his father died soon after, it's mm-hmm. great that they were able to finally had that yeah. moment, yeah. That, moment. They, that he lost them. So. It probably didn't turn into like a conversation where they had to come to Jesus meeting. Well, <laughs> but yeah. I do love the fact and that he gave him some affection and, and had a moment. To. Yeah, they, I don't think they needed look, to. That yeah. yeah, that yeah. was enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, well, we got to get some into some great segments here. We got our top three quotable segment, which is my favorite. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's go down and get each of your top, top one quote <laughs> to make our full three. I think my favorite one was... Um, Kevin's sister telling him when he was in jail that you need to find your something to look forward to. I thought that was so profound. You know, we go through things in life. We go through trials. It's something like him. He's in jail. You have to find something to look forward to. It's kind of like basically having faith, having faith that things are going to get better, having faith that things are going to turn around for you. So I thought that was a great quote, just that we can even use now, even if Mm -hmm. we're not in prison, that we just have to keep our keep our eyes focused on the light and have faith and always have something to look forward to. I love that. I, lo- I love that too. I love that because I really felt that was almost a theme of the episode mm-hmm. because it, it was, you know, whether it was relationship hope or, you know, reconciling with the father, there was mm-hmm. beautiful moments that everybody was finding to that to yeah. make little this life work. Little pockets of love, yeah. little pockets of, of hope. genuine yeah. hope. Yeah, That definitely. could somehow make it conceivable you could be locked up wrongfully and come out and still live a life. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously, I should have taken better notes. I forgot my quote. What's my <laughs> quote? I remember if you tell me. You, you, you had the, uh, about hating ourselves. Because I, I believe the mom said to 
to was it Yusuf? Yeah. She said she said to him, um, Oh gosh, I'm so sorry, y'all. Tacky <laughs> head. Tacky kitty. We just said it. I'm horrible. Okay. There was a good quote. Yeah. And um the one the fact that the father I mean that the mother was giving these pearls of wisdom. You know what I really I don't I Oh, that's what it was. She, uh, they hate your brilliance. They hate your beauty. They hate us, but they will not make us hate ourselves. Yeah, yeah. and that that was that's super. Beautiful. It was beautiful. And you know what? I, a visual that stuck in my mind that I thought was pretty cool when the the um, younger self came out. The not Yusuf, the um, the cutie pie that got his Kevin. head. Thank yeah. you. When Kevin came out and was um, sat down. All of the women immediately touched on him. Yeah. The fact that they made sure that there was physical contact and that he was reassured that we're here for you. This is your space. This is for whatever you want to talk about. We are here to listen. We're here to support. We came to make sure that we, we love you up. Yeah. That was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching that part. And we had our other our last quote was about guilt and guilt being lazy energy that we talked about. That's yeah. what the one. Okay, that's the one I yeah. was thinking. And so, yeah, guilt being lazy energy. And I love that because... Because it's a waste. It really is. And there's so much guilt to go around in this story <laughs> exactly. that it, it, it will kill any of them. Exactly. And so I love that she said, you know, I can't change the past, can't shift the future, so you gotta let it go. You got to. Yeah. And guilt is, a, and I thought it helped me. I mean, it shifts my paradigm quite a bit because yeah. I feel guilty about all kinds of things. I'm sure we all do, especially as parents. You're always thinking, I should be doing more. I should be doing this, that, and the third. And so beating yourself up is, does what? Like, how does that well, gain yeah. any kind of... It and that isn't was a good one thing. thing that struck me was Yusuf Salam, Sharon Salam. The way she's portrayed, it's almost as if she's done everything right. Yeah. And that's what was heartbreaking. She's done everything she possibly could, and there's nothing to prevent this. Right. You know? And it still happened. And what so, was even yeah. more heartbreaking was the fact that she lost her job and wasn't able to get jobs because of yeah. something that right. happened to yeah. her son. Yeah. That I was never crazy. even realized that, that it could you affect your family. It. Yeah. It could affect your cousin because the right. last name, if it's mm-hmm. memorable enough, you yep. know? Mm-hmm. And so, and watching him scratch off his last name, Tron decide yep. to change right. his name. Right, mm-hmm. to Brown. Yeah, yeah. just like. All little po- Everybody wants pockets. to be Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brown's the best yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's just tough to deal with those realities. Yeah. Um, well, we got our news and predictions. Let's get into our news right All now. All right. Yes. We've got our. Where's that, where's, that, where's that news drop? <laughs> got a few news stories for you today. The first one is that our creator and director Ava DuVernay has just been attached to direct and co-write another movie. She will be co-writing the new God screenplay and she will be co-writing it with the writer of DC Comics Batman Tom King who is an Eisner award winning comic book writer. So oh, we wow. know it's going to be good because everything that Ava does is good. Yes. <laughs> so we are looking. Is it animation? What is it? I don't think it's animated. I think it's live action didn't say it was animated okay and then our next news so in the um the last episode of when we gave our news and gossip we talked about trump and his tweets about civil rights reform we read those but we realized that ava actually responded to those tweets oh yeah what'd she say waiting for him to pull it up let's see if i have it on my end So, just a reminder of what Trump said. He said, anyone associated with the 1994 crime bill will not have the chance of being elected. In particular, African Americans will not be able to vote for you. I, on the other hand, was responsible (laughs) for criminal justice reform, which had tremendous support and helped fix the bad 1994 bill. Our good sis Ava DuVernay was like, no, (laughs) boo-boo. Right. Let me check you at the door. And quoted the tweet and responded to him and said, the story people know is the lie that you told 
told them your violent rhetoric fed tensions that led to the bill you pretend to distant yourself from. But you can't hide from what you did to the Central Park Five. They were innocent and they will have the last word. Amen. And I think they did with this show. No question. Ava's doing it for the culture. Yes, indeed. That's a black girl magic, baby. And that's our news and gossip for today. Wow, some good news and gossip. Uh, Well, we got to go into our predictions. And I guess these predictions are actually going to be like predictions because we really didn't expect what happened. We didn't know these parts of the story. So um, what are your predictions for the next and final episode? Um, my biggest prediction and my biggest hope is that we're finally going to see what happened to Corey. I was just going to say that. Because he was not in part yes, three. at He's all. He's still in jail, which I would like to know why that is and mm-hmm. what happened with him. So my prediction is that we're finally going to get that story and we're going we to see, to. <laughs> you know, how everything ended up with our five. Right. Well, that's where I was going with this. So I'll pick something else. <laughs> um, you, not Yusuf, Hispanic. Yeah, get Raymond. Raymond. Yeah. Raymond. I predict that Raymond is... Um, um, he's not gonna make it out. That he's got. He's gonna get. They're gonna hit him with a long time. Um, in addition to what he's already done, again because they don't compartmentalize, right? And I think that the judge that he goes up against oh, or whomever, course, yeah. right, is gonna be biased, and he's not gonna get a fair shake, and yeah. so he's gonna end up spending the rest of his life in jail. Yeah, I mean, it's almost terrifying because I, I wish I would have seen what they were up to in 2019. Right. Did I not? Or like, well, you we know, can Google it. I'm yet. sure there's somebody that's written something. But I, I actually want to see it fresh. You know, I don't want to already kind of know now. Well, he's, details. he's out now yeah, because, so you know, something. he's been out doing, you know, press for the show and went to the premiere and stuff. So we know he's he Raymond out is? eventually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well, see, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. But mm-hmm. yeah, so we don't. I, what happened in the intro? Yeah, but we're going to see what it took for him to get back where he is. Okay. Let me do my prediction. I'm gonna a happy prediction. I'm gonna say Ray and Tanya make it. Right? Oh, I mean they got to make it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was dope. almost a storybook love story that we saw. So mm-hmm. I, I got to figure that held on to something strong. That's so, dope. That would be very dope. Yeah. yeah, that is my prediction. So we got episode four coming up. How, yeah. how, how are you guys feeling? Are you guys mentally prepared for the last episode? I'm so looking forward to it because I feel yeah. like this is the redemption episode, right? Yeah. Like finally we see everything that they've been through, and then they're like kind of meet. They get out, but they're still kind of straddling the fence, not because they want to, but because they kind of have to, and just getting themselves acclimated and getting their feet under themselves. So I'm really looking forward to see how they become members of society again and how what that translates into what that looks like. Yeah. It's almost kind of bittersweet for me. One, because, you know, I've really enjoyed watching this. As heavy as it's been, it's been very good to watch very entertaining just beautiful imagery and cinematography mm-hmm. and the writing oh, has been yeah. amazing but and I think the, the thing that mm-hmm. has the acting yes phenomenal but I think the thing that's disheartening for me is the fact that once we finish with part four we're kind of done with this ride we right. can move on with our lives but these men are still dealing with yeah. this so kind of just knowing that even after part four is over that somebody is still having to deal with this in their lives it's it's very hard to think about it makes me very sad it does for me as well and I think that domino effect I mean not just them Obviously, these are the ones that we are, you know, we're looking at it in real time. But when you think about all the other people that the have family. been wrongly excused, oh, that too, yeah, yeah that mm-hmm. are still in there yeah. or that coming, that are just coming home. I mean, I have a friend that did 14 years and he was exonerated by, well, not exonerated, but 
was freed by Obama. I remember when he got in, in um, office, he made sure that he went into the prison system and, yeah. it, you know, got a lot of guys out. Drug and, convictions, yeah. yeah, and he overturned it, obviously. Um, so I'm saying that my friend, when he came home, I can't fathom what 14 years does looks to, like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or does to your mind and your whole mindset about life in general. So it was always interesting to see certain aspects of him that would just kind of pop out that you would be like, that's that prison shit. Yeah. Like you're letting, no, I didn't you know, say that to him, but that's in my mind. You yeah. know, certain things that he would do would just be like, that's not appropriate for being in the world. Mm-hmm. But it would take time, obviously, for him to get yeah. back into a place where he felt comfortable. And I think, I mean, prison reform, I guess, already kind of is front and center, but hopefully this continues to keep it front and center and that yeah. we can do some things about it because I think that is going to be the conversation after watching something like this. What can we do because this is still happening now? Exactly. Right. And yeah. just as you said, we go on with our lives and think we can push that to the side and say, okay, this happened. We saw the outcome of it. We spoke on it. But now, you know, my life dictates that I do this, that, and a third. And I do think that it's paramountly important for us to take a stand. If we feel this strongly about it, it's yeah. not enough to tweet or to retweet somebody's thing yeah. or put something on IG. What really matters is doing the work, volunteering with different organizations, being a part of the change and, and, and actually the change that you want to see in the world. Gandhi said it best. And even if you think you, you don't have the time, educating yourself is part of it too. Exactly. So just reading and knowing and learning. Right. But um, we got episode four coming up, guys. I'm excited. Again, guys, my name is Shaka Smith. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong. My name is Kitty Kaboom. You can find me on IG at K-I-T-T-I-E-K-A-B-O-O-M. Facebook is Kitty Meow. And what's the other one, y'all? Twitter. Kitty uh, Meow. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Alexis, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Lexi Fierce. See you guys episode four. See you in a minute. (laughs) Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.